Every aspect of your e-commerce business impacts customer experience. From advertising and packaging, to product functionality, website usability, and even reliability. Your long-term growth and profitability will hinge on your ability to deliver the best experience for your buyers. And this podcast will show you how. Tune in monthly for actionable and insightful discussions with the brightest minds at the intersection of e-commerce and customer experience. Welcome to the e-commerce customer experience podcast presented by Digital Genius. I'm your host, Chris Kellner. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the e-commerce customer experience podcast. Last time we had Christy Falteruso on the podcast to talk about CX scaling and CS communities. My guest today to talk about CX culture is Annek Franz, author, coach, and the founder and CEO of CX Journey, customer experience strategy consulting firm that specializes in laying the groundwork required to establish a CX roadmap and strategy. Welcome to the show, Annette. Thanks so much for having me. As we said before we came on the air, we could talk about this for hours, right? So I'm looking forward to our conversation. Good. Well, Annette, will you just kick us off, maybe tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you are today? Oh, absolutely. You know, it's been a long road. <laughs> I am in my 31st year in this profession. I started I started in this customer experience profession at J.D. Power & Associates back in 1992 and just sort of progressed over the next 15 or 20 years working at various voice of the customer vendors, running their consulting services organizations, working with clients on their, not just their voice of the customer, but a lot of other components as well of their customer experience strategy. Had a couple of stints on the client side as well. And then about, gosh, now it's, we're going on my seventh year now as, as the founder and CEO of CX Journey Inc. And I, you know, I stepped out to do this on my own because I really wanted to focus on the things that I love to do and the, and the projects that I want to work on. And so I spend time coaching and consulting uh, clients on the soup to nuts customer experience strategy and speaking content, all of those kinds of things and writing. So a lot of good stuff, enjoying what I'm doing. Very cool. A lot for us to talk about today. I'd love to just kind of talk, and maybe this is probably a long way in a different path. Like, how did you first get into customer experience, like with all that world? Well, I don't have a fun story like a lot of people have, or a sexy story, or anything like that, right? I grew up on a farm in Ohio, and and I wanted to be a veterinarian. That was my, as a child, that was my life stream, right? And and that didn't happen for a, a few reasons. But when I moved out here to Southern California, I was I was looking for a job in the paper and I saw an ad for JD Power and Associates and I thought, I love math. I love writing. If you're gonna be an analyst or you're going to, you know, be doing market research, those are two very important skills to have, right? So and pretty much the rest is history from there. You know, I really enjoyed the work that I did. I wasn't on the syndicated research side at J.D. Power Associates, I was on the proprietary research. So I got to go out and work with individual companies to do just that, to listen to their customers, listen to their employees and help them, you know, really figure out what's going on and where, what they need to do to improve the, the, at the time we didn't say experience, we talked about customer satisfaction, customer loyalty in order to, you know, improve the business, grow the business. So. What do you think are the key skills uh, that you need to be an expert in the CX field? Oh, gosh. 
There are a lot. There are definitely a lot. I would say a communicator is really important. Teacher is really important. Salesperson, influencer, you know, those kinds of things, just in terms of personality and and people skills. I would say, you know, yeah, absolutely. Critical thinking, analytics, really important. Understanding I do think math and writing are an important part of the work that we do. Absolutely. Um, I, you know, thought that 30 years ago and I still think that today. Yeah, those are those are some of the some of the key things. And I think also another major component is is to have a nice, well-rounded experience. And that means having experience both on the client and the vendor side. I think you'll you see a, you know, I had started out on the vendor side, but when I went to the client side, I had a really great appreciation after that for some of the inner workings of an organization, especially of a large organization, because two of the companies I was with, you know, Mattel and Fidelity were, you know, massive or are massive organizations, right? And to really understand how those inner workings and the politics and the, you know, the ladders that you need to, you know, climb and and the the politics that you have to, you know, work around, really valuable insights that helped, you know, as I progressed through my career. Very interesting. And and you found you said you founded CX Journey what, almost 10 years ago now. I did unofficially uh, in 2011, but formally in uh, early 2017. Yeah. And what have you, you know, if you had to pick out, and this might be a very difficult question, but like one or two things which you think have significantly changed in the last, say, like three or four years, what would you say those would be in the world of CX and maybe the clients that you've been working with? I'm going to say one thing that that has changed that I, that I'm finally seeing get more recognition and more appreciation for is the employees and employee experience. You know, when I started at JD Power and Associates, I would talk to my clients at the time then and say, hey, we should be listening to your employees too. And they would always say, eh, we'll do that later. We'll do that another time. We're not right now. And here we are. It's later. And look at the mess that the employee experience and employee engagement is in right now. So, so that I have seen a change. And I think a lot of that came about through the pandemic and then things that were happening after uh, you know, after 2020. And so I think that's a big shift. And, and I, you know, I still talk to people about the importance of the employee experience to the customer experience, but there's more of an understanding of that now than there, than there was before. So I think that's a big thing. The other thing is, and I think this is probably a no brainer, but just the use of AI and some of the technology that we have today that we didn't have, you know, 10 years ago, or if it was, you know, it existed 10 years ago, it certainly didn't have the acceptance or the appreciation or the, you know, it wasn't being used like it is today. So lots of good things happening. And I think both of those are great stepping stones and, and will continue to trend in the right direction going forward. Interesting. And you mentioned there kind of balancing the employee experience, ultimately influencing yeah. the customer experience. You know, could you tell us a, bit, a little bit more about that? Yeah, you know, there's this thing that I always say, it's you can't fix what's happening on the outside if you don't fix what's happening on the inside, right? If you don't have, and first, and then second, probably this should be first and the other one second, but if you don't have people who are going to design, build, sell, service, implement, install, deliver, you know, the product or the service that you're selling, you got nothing, right? I mean, the employee really is at, at the heart of that. And so, so we really have to take care of our people and make sure that they have the tools and the resources to do their jobs and to do them well. And, and, you know, I think it's a great question. And I think one interview that I did with an employee and his response really sort of summed it up for me. And I've used this story many times over the last couple of years, 
when I first start working with a client, I'll go in and I'll interview the executive team and some employees and and some customers as well, because I really want to get a baseline understanding of what is going on, right? And one of the employees said, I don't have the tools and the resources. The policies are outdated. The processes are broken. I don't have what I need to serve my customers the way that they deserve to be served. And I feel like that just kind of sums it all up right there, you know, to answer your question. That's probably the best answer that I can give you right there. I love that. What would you say, like, uh, I think I feel like it's a, a bit of a theme in the industry right now where a lot of people are talking about the employee experience. Yep. You know, yep. what, what do you think, it, you know, it takes a company to adopt the culture of really be, you know, I think customer centric is what people often talk about, yep. but maybe employee centric. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and even in my in my book, Built to Win, and when I talk about that, I always say you can't be customer customer centric without put, putting the employee more first. And so, so to me, customer centric means employee centric means people centric, right? So, yeah, what it takes it a couple of things, right? First of all, leadership who gets it, who cares about their people, and they're all aligned on it. It can't just be one department or three out of seven departments or anything like that. I mean, it has to be across the board. So they've all got to be committed and aligned to this people first idea to really taking care of their employees and making sure employees have what they need to do their job. So I think it's really leadership and then culture are both sort of precursors to a great employee experience. If you have this customer-centric culture, one that requires you to put employees first or employees more first, right? that's really sort of what it takes. And those are sort of the precursors to a great employee experience. And something that actually came came up interestingly on one of our previous episodes is that, you know, in this world right now where we're obviously kind of the, the recession, companies are, are trying to cut budgets, ultimately do more with less, yeah. which ultimately is impossible. You know, how yeah. do you balance that whilst trying to take care of your employees? Yeah, you know what? It's not all it's not all about money and the material things, right? When we say take care of your employees, it actually means care for your employees. Like dig deep into your heart and view them as humans and the humans that they are and and, and appreciate them. And none of that costs anything. It just requires you to be kind and to be human and to view your employees as humans as well. There's a great CEO, Bob Chapman with Barry Waymiller, who wrote the book Every, Everybody Matters and in it, he's basically, and his whole story, he starts his story by saying, you know, I realize that, you know, you, you come, employees come to work in the morning and they're in a certain mood, right? But at the end of the day, after they've been here 8, 10, 12 hours, they go home and they're frustrated and they're stressed. And then they go home and they take it out on their spouse and their kids and, and you know, all of that. And he said, that's not how this should work. We should be taking care of our people so that at the end of the day, they're in the same or even better mood, right? And we need to view them as the sons and daughters and mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters that they are and not as cogs in the wheel to our success. And I just thought, wow, that's such a great way to explain that, right? I mean, we are, we're all human. And so we need to actually care. And like I said, it doesn't require money or material things or perks or anything like that. It just requires you to open your eyes and really just say thank you and appreciate and ask and start, get to know people. I One of my clients, the CEO, it's a smaller company, 220, 25 employees. He knows every single employee, right? He talks to everyone. He knows everybody's name. He knows their spouses or their girlfriends or boyfriend's name. He knows their kid's name, their pet's names. He just takes the time to really get to know them and to care about them as people. And you know, that doesn't cost a dime right there. 
No, I think that's a really interesting point. It's always the, the where, as a business is scaling, it's how do you balance that? And like, yeah. how do you ultimately, as a, as a CEO, know everyone's name? Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, I think Howard Schultz said it best. He came, when he came back to Starbucks, he said, you know, that's great that people look at me as the CEO and, and, and I'm leading and I've got this plan for our culture and what the experience should look like for our people and our, our customers. But he, he was the one who said, I need to make sure all of my leaders around the entire organization have that same approach to how we do business and how we t- interact with each other and how we care for each other. And so I think that's really the key. And you're absolutely right. When you scale, you know, it's one thing to do it when you have 225 employees, but you've got to be able to scale that. And that's the way that you scale that is you ha- hire the right people, have the right leaders on the bus to to take that, you know, to the next level. Interesting. And, and you mentioned it before a little bit, that you wrote a book called Built to Win, Designing a Customer-Centric Culture that Drives Value for Your Business. You know, yeah. Tell us a little bit more about the story behind that. Yeah, you know, I, I had been in the 10 principles that I talk about in this book are really a culmination of all the things that I've learned over the last, you know, 20, 30 years. And I wanted to get it all out of my head down in writing. But one of the things that I kept and, and I've been using this presentation with many of these principles over, over the prior year or two before I started writing the book. But one of the things that I kept noticing was people, when people talked about what it meant to be customer-centric, they didn't really know what it meant to be customer-centric. <laughs> and the word just gets thrown around. It's kind of like the word customer experience gets thrown around now a lot because it's such a popular you know thing to talk about and thing to do and and we're we're a customer experience platform we you know all same thing with customer centric right people were saying well that was a customer centric message or that we have a customer centric leader and it's like customer centricity is really at the heart of the organization right it's not just a leader or a message or a that thing right it's you know it flows through the dna of your organization and and so that was really sort of for me the moment where I thought, you know, I got to, I got to put this book together and really help people understand what it means to be customer centric and what it takes. It is not just a message. It is not just a person or a department. Everybody's got to do it. And the way that I define it is no discussions, no decisions, no designs without bringing in that customer voice without first asking, how is that going to impact the customer? How is it going to make her feel? What value is going to bring for her? What problem is it going to solve for her? Everything we do. And everything, every single department, every single person, everything that we do, looking at it through that lens and that now you're customer-centric when you bring that voice in. Thing, but it requires um, a lot of things, right? Because I wrote about 10 principles. So there's other things that go along with that. <laughs> yeah, and what would you say is, you know, obviously you work with a lot of different companies. Like what is the number one thing that typically gets in the way of, you know, developing a uh, customer-centric culture? Yeah, good question. Leaders, leadership. <laughs> Years ago, I wrote this article and I said, sometimes maybe we just have to get new leaders. You know, if, we, if we're so frustrated about, you know, the experience or, or we're not, not getting anywhere, maybe we just have the wrong leaders in this organization. And that, you know, then the choice is yours. You either, you either, if you're in at that level can say, these are the wrong leaders. I need to replace these leaders. Or if you're an employee or you're in the customer experience profession and you're either going to try to, convince them otherwise, or you're going to leave because some leaders just cannot be convinced. So Interesting. And is there, would you say, when you think about kind of customer-centric culture, you know, would there be like one beacon that you would kind of use as, as a good example when, when, you, when you think about like where, where you might want to strive to be? Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Who would that be? Oh, who would it be? Oh, gosh. Who would that be? That would be... Or what company? Or what company, maybe? I think, you know, I always always fall on Zappos. I mean, that's just such a great example of what a customer-centric organization looks like. Recently, I also came across... And I've known this organization for a couple of years now, but it's in the sports industry. It's a baseball organization called the Savannah Bananas. <laughs> and if you've ever, and their CEO, Jesse Cole, wrote a book too about how, you know, their fan experience and putting putting people first and just making it, you know, and they think about what fans will like and appreciate and say and listen to fans and really make it a, a show for for the customer for the fan, right? So organizations like that, where we really just make our decisions around customers and how customers feel and customer feedback and and their needs and and problems they're trying to solve. Those are the kinds of organizations. So two examples, one of them, definitely Zappos. I mean, that's that's always a go-to for me. Interesting. And maybe kind of looking a little bit to the future, you know, how do you think, you know, based on the current economic climate that we're kind of facing maybe in the next months or maybe the, the next years. You know, how do you think the CX space will evolve? Well, I think, first of all, I think that we need to think about, I agree, with inflation and economic, you know, all of the, you know, economic issues right now. One of the things that we have to think about is delivering value, right? Because people are so focused on price. When it comes to, we're thinking about the economy today, we're all looking at prices. But what companies, what businesses can do is deliver value. Don't give me less when you're going to charge me more. Tell me what the benefits are of buying your product or buying your service, but deliver value. I think that's a really important thing going forward. And I think that people will appreciate that. You know, it's funny because my health insurance provider Every year they raise my premium, every, you know, my monthly premium. And every year it goes up by a hundred or two hundred dollars a month. And it's it's doubled today from what it was when I originally started this policy in 2017. And the problem is my co-pays have gone up, my the amount that they cover has gone down. <laughs> you know, it's high today than I know bridge isn't. Charging, so charging, I'm getting less value. I'm getting less out of it. So you need to convince me, the customer, why are you charging more? And what am I getting out of it if I pay you versus somebody else for your product? So so that's going to be, I think that's a huge focus for folks. I, I like that. I like that idea. Every time, every time someone increases their price, they have to justify why. And if it's not a good reason, yeah. we'll go somewhere else. We'll go somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think that, People can be a lot more selective now, actually, about uh, what they're buying, who they're choosing. Therefore, you know, things like customer experience play such a significant role because it's so easy to be turned off one and and then onto the other. Yeah. Customer experience truly is that one sustainable differentiator. You know, everything else held, held, you know, steady. That is the one, one differentiator. So, yeah. And and maybe looking a little bit further afield, let's look, you know, you know, five years in into the future like what would be your prediction on some of the trends that we might see that maybe people haven't thought about well i'm not one big on predictions at all <laughs> or and i'll tell you why because there are still so many companies that are and that need to focus on the basics 
when we start talking about predictions, we're talking about shiny objects that a lot of them shouldn't even be thinking about or focusing on yet without making sure that the foundations foundation is in place. So so I'm not I'm not good at making predictions just because I'm very much and I see it with every single company that I work with or have and have worked with is that you go in and you realize that you gotta <laughs> crawl before you run, definitely. So Okay. Maybe to close us out, you know, love you, you know, you've obviously been in the world of CX for for quite some time now and have a lot of experience and expertise, you know. You know, for people just starting their career in CX, we're listening into this podcast. You know, what advice would you give them as they look to develop a career in this field? Yeah, I think uh, a couple of things, right? Number one, know what customer experience is, right? (laughs) I have a lot of people who reach out to me and say, you know, I I was I was doing X, Y, or Z, and I want to get into CX, and it's like, okay, well, that's great, but or, or hang out my own shingle, you know. And I, and I don't have an ounce of experience other than I am a customer, you know? So I think that, I think know what customer experience truly is and what that entails, what the work is that a customer experience professional does. I think getting experience on both the client side and the vendor side is important. And I say it not just because that's what I did, but I think it's important that if you're on the vendor side, that you get that appreciation for what your clients are going through and what's happening in, in, through, in you know, the inner workings of the company. I think it's, you know, network, educate, learn, read, read everything that you can, study companies that are doing this well, understand the connection between employee experience and customer experience and really how important that is. And just, I think that's the big thing is just to read and read various sources, right? Don't get stuck on one source or another. Read various sources so you have sort of this broader, bigger picture of everything that's going on. The other thing that I would say too is, as you're reading things that aren't related to customer experience, think about how they do relate to customer experience. You know, there are there are topics and books and authors and experts outside of this profession that talk about things that absolutely 100% apply to the work that we as customer experience professionals do. So everything is a everything is a learning experience. Good. I like that. Read, read, read and experience read. as much as you can. I think that's a good absolutely. that's a good piece of advice. And that, well, it's been amazing having you on this podcast. We've talked about so many interesting things. You know, if I was to summarize a couple of takeaways from today, I would really, you know, one, focus on your employee. Yeah. You know, as humans, be kind. And that will, you know, result in ultimate underlying customer satisfaction. And, you know, second thing, you know, be truly customer centric. And if you are, you know, make meaningful changes to get there uh, and make sure you have your leaders and the executive team aligned. And that, well, thank you so much. Thank you. This was a great conversation. I love, like I said, we could talk about this for hours. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon. Okay. Take care. The e-commerce customer experience podcast is brought to you by Digital Genius. Digital Genius uses cutting edge AI technology to streamline response times for support tickets. The platform allows for flexible integration into existing systems and control over your processes while significantly improving key performance metrics. To find out more about Digital Genius and how our intuitive platform combines AI, integrations and workflows to make your customers, team and mailbox happy, head to digitalgenius.com. Also, make sure to search for e-commerce customer experience in Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Google Podcasts or anywhere else podcasts are found. On behalf of the team here at Digital Genius, thank you for listening.